But let me ask you something. As you get older or perhaps busier in your life, how many times have you forgotten something super significant and then you're like, oh my gosh, it's like my brain is a garbage disposal and just ate that thought or that information. It is so frustrating. This totally happened to me today. I was getting ready to go to the ATM and I totally spaced out my PIN number. I'm like, what? I have been using the same PIN for probably too long and I couldn't remember it. And I had money to put in. I was like, oh my gosh, what am I gonna do? And it made me think of how challenging it can be to stay in front of our ideal clients and our customers because they're busy, they're running around, they probably forgot their PIN number this morning. But there are some tried and true ways that you can not only get in front of them, but stay top of mind so that when they're ready to solve their problem, they think of your solution. That's what we're going to talk about in today's episode. So let's dive in. Hey there, I'm Elisa Connor, ex-corporate marketer turned entrepreneur. I escaped corporate to chase my passion a few years back. Each week on the Second Act Entrepreneur Show, we feature expert education, marketing insights, and mindset shifts that are gonna help you create a profitable business so you can secure your legacy, ensuring that you thrive not only in your first career, but also your second act. Welcome to the Second Act Entrepreneur Show. So if you've tuned into the podcast, you've probably heard me reference um, this sales um, st- survey slash, um, I, I don't really know what to call it, but it was like a sales research study that they did. And it was quite a shock to me. That's why I keep um, referencing it. But in this study, what they found is that two to three percent of people are actually ready to purchase once they seek out and reach out to your brand which means there's 97% of people that either aren't even looking or have just started the process of looking to solve a problem. And some people go a long time on their journey living in pain. And so that could be in a business sense, that could be a pain where they know they need to be on social media, but they don't have time to do it. So they just don't do it or they're overwhelmed to get on video or they're um, don't know what to post or whatever, or they feel like it's too late. All of these things can apply. And so until the pain gets so bad, like they don't have anyone in their funnel, no one's calling them, they're losing business to competitors, um, all of those different things until something shifts in their mindset, they're not going to be looking for a solution. However, when we can reach them before they even know that there's a solution available to help them with that, it puts a little ticker in their brain about, hey, that's out there, so when I'm ready. Or if they have just started searching out an opportunity, it puts a ticker in front of them that says, hey, they can help me with that, I need to go back and think about that. On average, it takes eight to 12 touch points for a client to move forward and purchase, eight to 12. Most people, uh, I was was trying to see if I had a statistic, but most people, it's somewhere in the 90 to 95% of salespeople will stop reaching out after one or two. Um, And so there's a huge opportunity for you to stay top of mind, stay in front of your ideal clients and prepare them so that when they're ready, they're ready to buy from you. They are busy, they are distracted. 
and they're only going to make a decision when the pain gets bad enough that they're like, I can't live with this anymore. And so it reminds me of, as you may know, I am a crafter and specifically I love paper crafting. And so I'm very keyed into that industry because um, I like to see how things are operating. It's changed a lot. I stepped away for like maybe 10 years and then I've, I've come back to it. Um, it may even have been longer than 10 years, maybe like 15. But it's very interesting to see how the industry um, operates in a business model. And most people that are designers will have YouTube channels or an Instagram, some are on TikTok, not very many. Um, and then on Facebook, they'll create and it's funny because they will 100% do follow the leader. Oh, they're doing that. So I'm going to do it now. And What's interesting to me is that they, most of the people that um, are designing and creating paper crafts with say a particular vendor's products um, will use an affiliate link throughout their, their social media. Um, and the, some of them have a blog, some of them have a website, some of them don't, but they'll include all of these links like to every product in the video. And I use the example when I talk about this industry, because I think we do the same thing. We have a lot of um, ways that people can work with us. Um, and so we may put links out on social media or whatever. But what happens is that if you're using an affiliate link and you don't stay top of mind with that specific link and get it in front of people in specific ways, they get busy, they may click on the link, and then the dog throws up on the carpet, the kids are screaming because they got to go to school, the phone rings, you get interrupted by a text message that needs to be addressed, whatever it is, and that affiliate link goes out the window. And so they close the tab and they forget all about you. But in the meantime, in the back of their head, they're like, Oh, yeah, I really wanted to order that thing. And it was at say Simon Says Stamp is, is a company that um, manufactures a lot of um, card making products. So I'm just going to go over to their website and I'll order it. And your affiliate opportunity is out the window because they close the tab. They, they're no, you're no longer getting credit for that affiliate link. And so why this is important is that most people spend so many time in this industry specifically spend so much time creating content, creating videos, and they have no marketing plan in place for how they're going to make money or mon monetize that. And so I want you guys to learn from that mistake because a lot of times in small business, we just jump on the next bandwagon, the next trend. Um, and we just start randomly creating marketing collateral or posts or whatever it might be but we don't have a method to our madness. And so in order to stay top of mind, you've got to have a method to your madness, which is exactly why I created my strategy guide. And it's a free download for you. It walks you through a five point checklist of creating a marketing strategy. So you know that you're not just going to throw your time and energy at something and have it not lead somewhere. So if you are struggling with creating a plan for your marketing, go and grab that guide. You can get it at alisaconnor.com forward slash strategy guide. That's the right. You can get your free copy at alisaconnor.com forward slash 
strategy-guide. And I'll put the link in the show notes, um, both on the video, if you're watching the video version of this, or on the podcast version. You can find those over on my website at elisaconner.com forward slash podcast. Um, So besides having a strategy, there are some other ways to stay top of mind, and they should be a part of your strategy. And number one is um, my personal favorite. If you've been around for a while, you probably know this already, but it's email marketing. And a lot of times I just had an experience recently um, where I signed up for someone else's challenge. It was an area I'm interested in. And I was like, oh, this is gonna be really great. And I had had a conversation with this lady. She's awesome. She's super knowledgeable um, in her area of expertise, which is um, hormone balance for women and weight loss. And so I was like, oh, well, that totally makes sense. As you know, you're going through different changes in your life. It makes sense to, um, you know, jump in on this challenge. And so when I signed up, I got an email that said, hey, you're in. And then I got no other correspondence until 10 minutes before the webinar. Well, by then I was like, did I even sign up for this? I totally forgot. And so as, as business owners, we think, oh, they signed up. They're totally going to show up. But we don't take into mind or consideration all the other things going on in their life that we already talked about at the beginning of this episode that are going to distract them from showing up. And so some people are like, I don't want to send too many emails. But the reality is, is that people, if they're interested, and they really do want to solve this problem, they want those emails as a, as a clicker in their head to go, oh, yeah, I was going to go to that. Oh, yeah, I completely forgot. And I have even started my own day where I'm like, I signed up for this and I totally want to remember to do it. It's on my calendar, but then 25 things show up on my to-do list and I forget. And so when you're going to use email, not if, when, I want you to think about why you're using email and the intention behind sending people emails. So in this case, it was a launch. So there was a list builder in there because she's wanting people to show up for a free webinar. And then it moved into a paid offering, which is perfect. Like that's a great plan of attack. However, you don't know these people, they don't know you. And so you've got to think about the timing of what that looks like. And if they didn't show up to your webinar, for example, I did not show up to the webinar because I forgot about it. And then I started getting sales emails, it's too soon. Like, I don't even, I know nothing about your program. I didn't have time to go to your webinar. I didn't get a replay, you know, all of these different things. And so I wanted to give you some um, ideas and some tips behind email marketing of things that people do that cause email marketing to go wrong. And it has nothing to do with the number of emails you send. It has everything to do with your customer journey and the strategy you create around that journey. There is a lot of stuff going on in the world right now. And so if we don't know our clients and we don't know what they're going through and what their daily concerns are, it's going to be really hard for us to understand their journey and how they're coming to us and what hurdles they're going through to get to us, um, let alone how we can solve those. And so some of the things that go wrong with email marketing is that people will only email you when they want to sell you something. I have had, I am on a lot of email lists on purpose. One, because um, there are things that I'm truly interested in. And two, um, because I, I am fascinated <laughs> by the way people approach email marketing. 
And it gives me um, stories that I can share with you guys both here on the on the show and through video. But one of the things is, is that I will sign up for an email list. And then I might get an initial email. And I might even get two or three. And then I'll hear nothing for months. And then all of a sudden, people want they're launching their program and they think they're on my email list, they want to hear about my program, but they haven't heard from you in months. What happens is that the brain can only hold so much information. They don't know who you are anymore. They forgot what you do. They, they haven't heard from you. And so they're going to unsubscribe. And then you think, oh, it's just because they're not interested in what I have. Well, no, they either went out and found another solution or they stayed in touch with somebody that actually has built the relationship with them and they're going to buy from them. And we don't want that. And so having a strategy and a plan in place of how you can stay in front of those people all the way down the line is a much better approach, even if it's just every two weeks, every month, whatever it might be for your business. I'm not here to to tell you how much time you have to devote to this, but I am saying that if you don't consistently show up in their inbox, they're not going to remember who you are. And you have a lot of competition there already because most people get so much email marketing that the more time you let go by, the more apt it will be that they are not going to remember who you are or what you do. So um, that's trigger number one is like, don't just email when you want to sell something. Now, if they have entered your funnel through a sales option, like through an ad and then maybe a webinar, and then you're moving into the sale, that's completely different. But I highly recommend customizing that content based on whether or not they attended the webinar. And there are ways to do that. That's something that we um, are going to talk about that I talk about in my both my email program and my upcoming um, program on sales funnels that's going to be launched this summer is, you know, how do we set that up so that we know if people have attended or haven't attended so that they get different emails? Because if they didn't attend the webinar, and you start selling to them, it doesn't feel right. They don't know that they want that yet. And it doesn't really matter what the price of the offer is because they don't know you. Um, so without going down that path too much, let's, let's keep going on, you know, the other reasons that email may or may not work for you. And we talked about, um, a big one, which is you're not consistent. And if you're not consistent with your email, so setting up a schedule and then telling people what that is, like, do you deliver it weekly, deliver it bi-weekly? Um, have you fallen off the wagon and you want to start again, whatever it might look like, um, being consistent and then telling people what that consistency schedule looks like. And then, um, also making sure that you show up and do what you say you're going to do. Now, of course you can fall off the wagon. Um, there are times like the last couple of weeks, I haven't sent an email just because I didn't feel good. I, I haven't felt good. I've kind of been fighting this weird allergy sinus thing and I have, um, I usually have my emails planned out in advance and I just, I haven't had them done. So, but it's okay. You don't need to go apologize. People haven't been going, Hey, where has she been in my inbox? And if they have, then you can address that, you know, in in your next email and just say, you know, things are crazy. (laughs) It's, it's springtime and uh, allergies have been nuts or whatever you want to say, you know, but tie it into the rest of your email. You don't have to be perfect. Just be as consistent as possible. And then um, the third reason that email doesn't work is that I see so many um, people that want to just copy other people's emails. 
and use templates and use these um, pre-written emails. But the problem with that is that is that people have connected with you because they want to know you, they want to work with you, and they want to understand your business. When you're using somebody else's word, somebody else's template, it's no longer you. It's not your personality. And there's an energetic inconsistency there. And so it's fine to go get ideas from other people's emails and get like some inspiration, but then take the time and write an email from your personality, your point of view, and put your signature on it, your energetic and other otherwise personality signature on it. Um, my mentor talks about a, I don't, I guess it's a philosophy. I'm not really sure, but it's called INI. And what it is, is an energetic exchange between people. And so, um, it sort of applies to this. The energetic exchange usually has to do with a monetary reason. So for example, when people say, Hey, I should give away my founding membership for free. I, I automatically say, no, don't do that. Because if there's not an exchange in energy, it's more than just exchanging money for a product. It's an exchange in actual energy. That person will not commit to the program because they don't have any stake in the game. And so the same thing happens with um, the energetic frequency of how you're creating your marketing. If you, you have your own energetic frequency and if something is off, people know, they can tell. And it's not something, it has nothing to do with how you show up, with what you, you know, or maybe it does, but it's more of a subconscious behavior and people will go, wait a minute, something's weird. Like this doesn't sound like her. It doesn't feel like her. It doesn't. Um, and a perfect example is that I have a friend who is a former client that just hired somebody out um, to do her LinkedIn, which I do not recommend. Um, and I knew immediately when that person took over because her comments and her posts no longer reflected her. And so, um, and it, it wasn't the posts that she was writing. She's still writing her own posts, but it was the posts that she was making and the comments that she was um, putting on other people's posts. It didn't sound like her personality. It doesn't sound like her. It doesn't sound like things that she would say. And the energy was off. And so, you know, I couldn't pinpoint it other than it just didn't feel the energy was different. And so I just want you to be aware of that. Like if you're going to use somebody else's stuff, Make sure that you're customizing it enough so that it reflects you, your business, your personality, and your own special sauce. Um, and do not copy people's things word for word because that's plagiarism and it's just not okay. Um, so that those are a couple things that you want to keep in mind when you're when you're creating your email marketing. One is setting up um, your audience to prepare them for what they can expect expectations Two is being consistent. Um, three is not just sending emails when you want to sell. And then the last part is like using your special sauce. Don't just use somebody else's email and put, you know, your product or service in there. Just it up with your own um, personality and your, your own energetic signature. So, um, that is one way to stay top of mind is email marketing. So the second way, of course, is social media. And as you know, um, there are a plethora of platforms to choose from. People always ask me, should I be here? Should I be there? And my answer is always the same. 
My answer is, where are your people? And if you don't know that, then you need to get on some of the platforms and go find them. And if you don't know who your people are, then you need to do a little bit of work and identify that demographic. Um, It's going to be a lot easier to create messaging and create offers if you know who you're talking to. And I have a client that I just went through this with about, oh, I guess it was about a year ago. And he had just finished several coaching certifications and wanted to go after just all kinds of businesses. And when we started to dig into his experience and his specific knowledge base, it was around family business. And I was like, so why would you not want to just work with family businesses? Like you have tons of experience, you owned a family business, you can apply all of the skill sets that you've gotten from your different certifications to family business. And as soon as he did that, he dove into that market, he started to get traction and started to get clients to the point where he got busy (laughs) and didn't have time to continue to market, um, which is then that's another discussion for another day. But, um, but the reality is, is that, you know, putting that line in the sand, kind of like me with my second act entrepreneurs, people know, like, I, I work with second act entrepreneurs. It's those people that are wanting to get into a second career and possibly uh, more often than not, it's, it's not working for someone else. Um, it's to start their own gig. And so um, just drawing a line in the sand makes it much easier for you to talk to those people. And so when you're on social media, no, you shouldn't be everywhere. Like you need to find out where your people are. I know specifically my people are typically on Facebook, sometimes Instagram, not always and LinkedIn. Most of the time it's LinkedIn. So where you're gonna see me is on LinkedIn. I also recommend building up one platform so that it's actually working to grow your business and then expand. Don't try to be on every platform. Don't try to be on every, um, you know, that's gonna make, it's super overwhelmed to do that. And number two, um, every platform has its own voice. And so if you just try to copy something and move it over to another platform, there it's going to feel like it was copied. Um, so feel that out. And by all means, like the best marketing advice I could ever give you is everything's a test. Everything with your marketing is a test. And if it doesn't work out the first time, then you tweak it and you try it again because you're not going to know if it works until you test it. You can, I can sit here and tell you all day long, this, this, and this, but if you don't test it and you don't try it out, you're not gonna know whether or not it works for your business. Um, again, there are some things with social media that you need to be aware of. One is consistency. And I know it can be difficult to be consistent, but it is possible and I highly recommend you show up at least once a day. Um, and particularly if you can show up in video once a, once a week minimum, preferably more, and I'm working towards that as well, um, the better traction you're going to get. Things, uh, platforms like TikTok and Instagram stories and even Facebook stories, um, short, uh, I'm trying to think of what it is, like short video has the best traction right now for every platform across the board. And so that includes things like reels and stories and um, 
any any place you can create a little short video and that all came from TikTok, the better traction you're going to get. And um, I actually am in a program that is, um, I'm currently signing up to be an affiliate. So when I have that set up, I am going to share that information with you, but it is a great resource for you to be able to do that quickly and easily and get over the fear. Um, so stay tuned for that. That's an affiliate program that I'm, I'm working on currently. And, um, but it is possible and it's important. So number one is consistency. Always, it's going to be a theme <laughs> here in consistency. Um, and then the other piece that I see with social media, and I see this all the time, especially with YouTube channel um, creators, is that they create these great massive channels and they're getting paid, you know, um, residuals from YouTube on the back end. But the problem is, is that as we know, social media moguls change their mind. And so when you have created your entire business on someone else's platform, you have set yourself up for the probability that you could be put out of business overnight. And so when you're participating on social media, you always want to make sure that you are sending people back to something you own. And the two places that you own, that you have ownership when it comes to your marketing is number one, your website, and number two, your email list. And so I always look at your website as your home base. Like even if you don't have the fanciest website in the world, have information there that people can gather and either contact you, join your email list, whatever it is that you want them to do next, schedule a call. Um, because the sooner you can move them off of social media, the better it's going to be for you. Um, and that is across the board. I don't care if you're on Facebook, you're on Instagram, you're on TikTok, all of the things you need to move people off of that platform and into something that you own sooner than later. Um, and most people don't have this setup at all. I was just on a YouTube channel uh, yesterday on my lunch hour. I totally binge craft, um, craft space tours because, um, my crafting space is a hot, hot mess. It's just a hot mess. Um, and I really want to work on, um, organizing it and I'm doing a lot of cleaning out and things that I don't use anymore and stuff like that. And so I'm, I'm always looking for inspiration, like how they set it up. And I ran across a suggested video from a gal that um, I don't even know where she's from. I can't remember her name even, but I, I always look at people's channels and uh, her video was awesome. She did a really great job of going behind the scenes, probably a little too in depth for me just because I was like, can we move it along? Um, but she has like, I don't know, 80,000 subscribers. And I was like, oh, let me check this chick out. Like, does she have a store? Does she have, how's she making money from this thing? And I cannot, I could not find a website. I could not find a shop. I could not find anything besides social media links for her. And she's creating tons of videos. Like I think she does two or three a week. And I think, I don't even think she had affiliate links in her. She might have had affiliate links, but I didn't, I don't remember her mentioning affiliate links. And so it led me to conclude that she was getting paid through YouTube views, which is great until YouTube changes their mind and says, yeah, we're not going to pay you anymore. You're going to actually pay us to put your content here. And if you think that's far fetched, like that's not going to happen, 
Take a look at how much content is created on a daily basis. There is only so much room on the internet and the priority is going to be given to the people that are paying to put their information in front of you. And the road, the pathway for that is advertising right now. You see how many people are paying to advertise and that the cost of advertising is going up on every single platform. Well, at some point, these platforms are gonna say, we don't have enough room to put everybody's stuff up here all the time. And so creating a way for people to move off of the platform is really in your best interest. And there are so many people that have had their YouTube channels shut down for whatever reason, or their Facebook page shut down for whatever reason, and then they lose everything. And I just don't want that to happen to you. So create a plan using the strategy guide, alisaconnor.com forward slash strategy dash guide to move people from whatever social media platform you're on to where you want them to be. And then last but not least, the opportunity to stay in front of your audience comes in ways of media. And so a lot of people forget about media. They're just like, oh, I gotta be online or, or whatever it might be. But some of your best opportunities are getting in front of other people's audiences. So whether that's um, being you know, interviewed by the media, your local television station or a national television station, if you're publishing articles that are gonna be seen um, in organizations or different magazines or online subscriptions that your people would read, um, being interviewed on a podcast or a video show, or even now that the world is opening back up, speaking at different events. And so again, have a strategy behind all of those different components. If you're going to go speak somewhere, what's the next logical step for people to do business with you? And maybe that's getting on your email list. Maybe that's buying a low ticket offer. Um, and sometimes it will depend on the different media outlets. And sometimes it will also depend on, you know, the podcast host, the show host, the event that you're speaking at, sometimes they'll let you sell from the stage, sometimes they won't. Um, but you've got to have a plan in place. Because if you don't, and then you're rushing around, and you're like, Oh, I should have done this. Well, should aren't going to get you people on your list, they're not going to get get you people moving through your sales funnel, and they're not going to get you customers. And so those are all opportunities to get in front of people. And your call to action at those can be something it can even be something simple, like, connect with me on LinkedIn, follow me on Facebook, and it's all going to depend on how long you have to be in front of them and start to build that no like and trust relationship. And also, how much leeway you have from the media outlet. So those are three ways to stay top of mind proven track record worthy um, options. Number one was email marketing. Number two was social media, which can be a little bit scary, but you can do it. And number three is getting out into the media in some way or form. And that's all going to depend on your comfort level and also going to depend on your industry and where your people are. So that's what I've got for this for this week, go and grab that strategy guide. It's going to be a game changer for your business. Um, and it's going to really help you get your thoughts down on paper. Um, and help you kind of connect the dots for your customer from meeting you all the way through building the relationship, and then ultimately getting them to purchase from you at 
some point in the future when they're ready. That guide can be found at alisaconnor.com forward slash strategy dash guide. And I will put that in all of the show notes everywhere so that you can be sure to go grab your copy. In the meantime, take care, be well, and I will see you next week. Did you miss something during the podcast? Maybe forgot to take notes? No worries. We've taken all the notes for you. All the resources, links, and information in this episode, you can find over at alisaconnor.com forward slash podcast. That's A-L-I-S-A-C-O-N-N-E-R dot com forward slash podcast. Looking forward to seeing you next week.